0: Welcome to the Rugby Warrior Podcast. I am your host today, Jared Bones Bradford. I'm here with my fellow host and great friend, Corey Muletrain-Mueller, and we are rumbling and bumbling towards the tri-zone as we discuss the history of rugby. It is a fantastic tale. We have a lot of fun telling it, and we hope you enjoy it and it finds you well on this wonderful Friday evening, or maybe it's Saturday for you. Saturday's a rugby day, or maybe it's Sunday or Monday or Tuesday, but every single Friday, did you know this? Every Friday, we come to you with a fresh episode on the Rugby Warrior Podcast, all about rugby. It's fresh. It's like fresh vegetables or a fresh morning dew on the grass. It's just, it's just great, right? Every single Friday, be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, on Places like YouTube and Spotify and Instagram, because that's a thing at Rugby Warrior Podcast. Lots of good stuff going on, but until then, without further ado, here is the history of rugby. We're going to be talking about history today. Mm-hmm. Naked history. We're back with another naked history. This is where we get naked, have a couple of whiskeys, and we talk about history.
1: We're naked right now. Yeah. Bearing it all. Yeah. yeah.
0: Corey just took his pants off. Yep. What's up, Connor? Connor's here, too. She's not naked. She's looking for something. The history of rugby, 1823. <laughs> Webb Ellis picked up a ball. You believe it? I'd like to. Yeah, I think it's real. Yeah. Listen, there's no other story. This, so he, so the story is w- William Webb Ellis, 1823, was going to a school called Rugby School. And this was before rugby was a sport, but there mm-hmm. was rugby school. So he was attending the school. Everybody played soccer back then. But each school had their own set of rules for what they called football. Mm-hmm. But we, what we Americans know as soccer. Yep. So the story goes, the legend has it, that this Mr. Webb Ellis, William was playing soccer at rugby school, decided to catch a ball, pick it up with his hands, and then run with it mm-hmm. to the opposing goal. And the legend has it is this was just an absolute fault of rules, an absolute mistake, and he was scorned. And but this rugby school, this that from that act grew progressively, the game of rugby that we have today. Mm-hmm. And even so there's people that say this never happened because the legend Didn't come about until 1895, I think, where the story happened. You know, the story was told that William Webb Ellis did this. Because you would think if the story actually happened, it would come out right away. That he did this, he made these new rules, and there's Mm -hmm. just new sports. But, you know, it didn't. It took a lot of years later. So there's a lot of back and forth. If it's real or not, I choose to believe it's real because how else would it
1: happen. I think what's interesting about the history is that each so there's many schools. So football, soccer in Britain had I mean everyone played soccer, right? Mm-hmm. We'll call it we'll call it football. So everyone played football, a little bit of footy. And every school every school had, you know, their own rules. So there was rugby school. There was you know, Shrewsbury School and Marlborough School. These are School. Different schools? All these different, like, it's like Hogwarts and Slytherin and, like, whatever. It's all the same idea.
0: You're thinking of the Goblet of Fire.
1: Yes. Yes, but it's Hogwarts all this, and but and that's literally, series. like, yes. that's how it works. Okay. So all these different schools had this different idea for their football rules. Yes. What's interesting is rugby foot, rugby football so all these other schools had, you know, Chattenham rugby and you know, you know, et cetera and whatever. Their own rules. There had they had their own rules, but rugby football made its way. So even into the fifties, schools like Eaton and Ladywell and 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 schools like that had their own rules and their own game. But talking nineteen fifties? Yeah, nineteen fifties. Oh, wow, wow. Um so this is going from you know eighteen yeah. the early eighteen hundreds until the nineteen fifties. Yeah, um, the 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 rugby football rules became the common, you know, rugby league, rugby union, mm-hmm. and those were the widely accepted ones. Uh-huh. So, and it's interesting because there were so many diversions and rule changes and whatever. Like looking back at what rugby. What rugby rules were, there was like hundreds of people involved. It was a giant, like, rolling mall the entire game. Mm-hmm. And it was just a
0: war between villages.
1: Yeah. And people showed up to this, like, okay, we're going to pick a time, we're going to pick a place. Yeah. We're going to show up and we're going to beat the shit out of each other. Yeah. And over time, and you know, over the 1800s, the Victorian era, we're going to develop rules and regulations and all this fun stuff to build rugby into what it is but man it started out it was brutal yeah i'm pretty sure they
0: the villages came together they killed a pig they ripped the pig's bladder out and blew it up tied a knot and that was their ball probably that's the way it went yeah yeah
1: and what's interesting is nobody has a definitive one way or the other of how rugby began Mm -hmm. right so like the the uh, the accepted story is in eighteen twenty three William Webb Ellis picks up a ball yeah simple and he action. runs with it mm-hmm. right but that's disputed fucking ass time man. and time and time and time again mm-hmm. like nobody can accept the fact that this is you know how it began so what is the alternative though I don't
0: understand because we started researching this and honestly yeah it was like I knew that. Like, this was the wild, well-known story, but it was disputed. Oh, like, oh, that's not actually how it happened. Yeah. And maybe there was just, like, a bunch of group of guys who were like, hey, let's. these are the rules for now, and let's play this game that we just made up. But that story doesn't exist. This yeah. story exists. Right. So this is what we're going with. And even at the rugby school.
1: Yep. Right? So there's a town of rugby oh. in England. And the rugby school... Is it in rugby? Yeah, it's all... It makes sense. Right, it's all rugby. Yeah. So what does the rugby plaque say? The rugby plaque... In rugby England, at the rugby school. At the rugby school. This is pro-William Webb Ellis ran with the ball
0: podcast. Yep. Okay, that's the side we fall (laughs) on. The plaque says, this stone commemorates the exploit of William Webb Ellis, who... With a fine disregard for the rules of football, as played in his time, first took the ball in his arms and ran with it, thus originating the distinctive feature of the rugby game, A.D. 1823. So that's a plaque at the rugby school in Rugby, England. So, honestly...
1: And this was reported by one of his teammates. It wasn't reported by him mm -hmm. or anything like that. It was one of his teammates that wrote it down and then began to report it as, you know, this is what happened. You know, if you think about this in realistic terms,
0: this guy picked up the ball and ran with it. And a lot of other people thought that was cool and kind of picked up, started making their own rules regarding picking up a ball and running with it towards the opposition goal. Right. Eventually, you know, the game blew up in the 1870s, 1850s, 60s. Teams started to form all around the European Union. And... Then rugby actually became solidified as a culture. So then the story came out of how it started. No one was saying in 1830, 1840, oh, William Webb Ellis picked up a ball, and now there's this new sport because the sport wasn't solidified at that Mm -hmm. point. So um, in my opinion, doesn't mean shit. I think he really did pick up a ball and run with it, and things kind of snowballed from there.
1: I think it's – I mean, for us, especially as Americans, it's easy to believe that, like – as fact Uh but the the truth of it is like nobody knows for sure sure it's like the origination of you know brewing beer nobody knows who did it or when it happened for sure but what we can say is that we're pretty sure that william webb ellis inspired it Mm -hmm. and at minimum like in 1871 the rugby football union was originated in london Mm -hmm. And they began to make things illegal. So things were illegal like tripping or they called it, they called it hacking Hacking. back then. So they called, yeah there was no hacking allowed. And, you know, continuing on more rules were made and you know, no pulling of the hair, (laughs) punching of the face. (laughs) And that's it. And that's it. (laughs) Yeah. Um but then it becomes interesting because, you know, rugby union and rugby league form and, like, yeah. we're not going to get into all that. But, like, we just got into that, though. We did. We looked in. We were reading about all that. What the differences. I didn't realize. Yeah.
0: The jersey numbers is what threw me off the most. I was like, that's not right. Right. For rugby league, the jersey numbers are different for some reason. Mm-hmm. The rules are different for some reason. that The, the yep. league runs more. But,
1: yeah. So... There was a, there's a big there, and it's an ongoing history, and it's pretty much through the 1900s, early 1900s, where William Webb Ellis's um, sort of credentials are debated by anyone and everyone who would like to debate him. Mm-hmm. Like this guy didn't start rugby because of such and such. But no one's been able to prove otherwise. Yeah, what's
0: the alternative story? Because it's so pretty
1: much been proven. Like between eighteen twenty and eighteen thirty, rugby school rules began. It's from soccer,
0: so that was their soccer rugby rules. football. Yeah,
1: rugby. So each of these schools had their own football rules. Uh-huh. Rugby football had their own rules, and it, one of them was you could pick up the ball. Uh-huh. So. Nobody knows for sure. Mm -hmm. But William Webb Ellis is the widely accepted He's the guy who started it. He picked up the ball. Yeah. I think that was a great way of explaining it. He picked up the ball and he ran with it. Yeah. I think
0: more people should do that in life.
1: Right. Pick up it, pick it up and run. You should break the rules.
0: Work smarter. Mm -hmm. Not harder. And that's what William Webb Ellis did. I think that's what rugby players as a whole do. Yeah. Work smarter kick people in the face and stomp on their hands. That's right. Yeah,
1: man, what a what a game it's developed into though, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. I think that So, around the turn of the century, 1900 is when things were really popping off in the European Union with rugby. As far as coming to the states, so Harvard, so the it was still was it considered rugby though? Or was it still considered like rugby football, like a form of soccer where you could pick up the ball? Or was it like its own separate sport like we have it today? And I think it was still a form of like their football, their soccer.
1: I mean, the first recorded m- rugby match was May fourteenth, eighteen 1874. Um, sports were weird in the 1870s and like into the 1900s. Teddy Roosevelt, while he was president, really like made sports a big deal, but it was, it was a weird time for American sports. Um, the biggest thing that I'm aware of is as far as the, like the Olympics go, it became, it was a big deal until it was like 1923. The USA was the last world cha- like Olympic champion in rugby because they removed it from the Olympics after that. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: for a long time.
1: Until... last The last go-around, right? What was it? 20, 2012? Was it 2012?
0: No, it was 16. 2016 was the first year it was yeah. back in the Olympics. So they
1: brought it back in sevens format. Right. The USA were the reigning rugby world rugby champions in the Olympics as of 1923 Three. or 1927 <laughs> or one of those... 23 sounds right. ...years... And
0: 100 years since as the
1: expansion, though, like rugby just built and built and built and built. And in America, we can track it even further because football, our football with a with the pigskin that's what they call it the bladder, the yeah, but that, yeah, right. So it's a touchdown, right? Mm-hmm. But in rugby, a try, you literally touch it down, yeah, and that's that's how you score. Cool. So, football was born from rugby, and you watch, there was a movie, George Clooney and,
0: uh...
1: Invictus? No, George Clooney and the big guy who, what, he was the dude. John Lithgow. George Clooney and John Lithgow did a movie where they did, it was like a, early, early oh, football movie. what was like, that movie called? Like, Leatherheads. Leatherheads, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Leatherheads was like, and man, you watch that movie and it's like, that's rugby. Yeah. They're scrumming. They're, they're scrummage. Uh-huh. It's like, it's literally like a scrum down. Yeah. But that's what football looked like for the first few years was like a modified rugby. Mm-hmm. And so our version of American football comes from rugby, rugby. which comes from soccer. Yeah. So it's, always interesting to me when people ask me like oh like what is rugby like well imagine football and soccer put together Mm -hmm. because you can hit each other with no pads on and all that stuff but you can't kick forward you can't pass forward or you can kick forward you can't pass forward Mm -hmm. and they're like oh so it's like yeah like soccer and football is like right so (laughs) it's hard for people to fathom though because there's so much to it like I'm going to scrum down what? Yeah. I'm going to ruck over. What? Yeah. Like, it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. But
0: There's so many rules that, honestly, I couldn't imagine what it was when they first established the game. Probably not that many rules from the rugby school. No. But over time, they've changed and changed so much. If you look at scrums from the 60s and 70s, because there's footages on YouTube. Compared to today.
1: Yeah. It's not a fucking brutal game. I'm even thinking like scrums from when I started in high school. Yeah. So even it was crouch, short touch, time. pause, engage. Yeah, and you so, smashed. Like, and it was a smash. Like you yeah. smashed into each other. Dude. And it was hard. And it was intense. And it was fun. Like it was awesome. Yeah. It made front row like really like engaging. But then I think it was our junior year in college. They made it. Crouch, bind. bind, set. So, like, you start out and you're completely almost bound in. Mm-hmm. And it almost negates front row play yeah. almost entirely. Because at that point, you're just like... You're an anchor. You're an anchor and you're coming together and you're hoping you don't get pushed around too much. Right. Before it was a game, like, you started Whoever out got here. got that biggest hit. Boom! Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, who could... Who could figure, like, exactly. It was awesome. Yep. So, I guess to explain the scrum down to anybody who
0: doesn't know what a scrum down is, it's basically kind of like a face-off in hockey to restart mm-hmm. play after a penalty. Who
1: determines the yep. possession of the ball.
0: Basically, three, five, six, seven, eight. eight guys. What the fuck? Why did I just do the math? I don't math?
1: know. It's an eight, man. There's eight guys. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. For sure. <laughs> so, I've been playing rugby for 12 years. Um, He's a back, though. Yeah, yeah,
1: Just saying. Scrum half out for a little bit,
0: but eight guys, first eight guys. It used to be where they would bind up together and just, poof.
1: There like was smash. huge, yeah.
0: Um, and that was it's so brutal to watch. Like, how do those dudes? Because you'd hear it and you'd, you'd hear like, yeah, yeah
1: just skin on every skin single time, back. like whoo, every time. Men or yeah. like
0: women just going crazy at each yeah. other.
1: Um, now it's a much more like you're already engaged. Yeah, you're already touching. Just,
0: yeah, you're already. You're already bound and you just Mm -hmm. kind of put pressure on each other now which is that's what they want to do they want to to decrease concussions decrease
1: injuries it's making it safer like it really it is making it safer but it also takes away from some of the strategy yeah for sure and the barbaric nature
0: of it yeah um so some crazy heads aren't getting their fill
1: (laughs) yeah you know um i will say it was a lot more fun to be a tight like a prop Prior to the, the scrum rules yeah. being changed.
0: Honestly, in, so we both played for CMU. So in 2011, when we had a really solid pack, really solid team all around, honestly, I don't think we ever – it was few and far between that we would lose a scrum. And you guys would wheel them mm-hmm. so much. And that was when the rules were – if you were on a, a we- d- defensive scrum, if you wheeled them, you got the fucking ball. Yep. I think that's the biggest bullshit rule that you don't get the ball because yep. you can keep wheeling and wheeling all day now. It negated just not get the ball. F- forward play a lot. Right. Yeah. So you're taking away from yep. advantageous of the, a stronger pack.
1: Really. It, it more becomes like I'm gonna engage and not get pushed around. Mm-hmm. So as like as a tight head prop, my goal was, I'm gonna engage loose, the loose head. And make sure they don't push me, but mm-hmm. allow my loose head to to wheel the scrum, yeah. and then push. Yep. Now it's I'm just not going to get pushed. Yeah, you and just hold, hold for the like it's because it, nothing really it doesn't really matter that much. Yeah, um, it it took a huge aspect out of the game because I mean I had strategies developed about like how the hooker was going to hold the front row back. <laughs> mm-hmm. What that was going to look like when we engaged, what the level of which we engaged, yeah. like how, like whether, so the loose head rises up, the tight head sinks down, um, and it reduces the opposing like Europe, the opposing hooker's ability to hook the ball. Yeah. Like there's all these technical things that played into to play that played into part, which still do to a point with these new scrums. Um, It was so much more fun to be a a front row, though, when it was, you know, you're smashing into the, because you're getting that energy, and then you're smashing it. in. If you could get that initial, like, push on the other side, Mm -hmm. you won the scrum almost every single time, Mm -hmm. and um, I guess I was lucky to be a part of the last group of people to be a part of that, because as a tight head, you could really establish your dominance in the first like five to ten minutes. Mm-hmm. And you always felt it every single time. As soon as the ref said, you know, okay. get, like he said, Ugh, like, Ugh, you went. and you just boom, uh-huh. like right into the other, the, like the loose head or the yeah. whatever, like you knew how that, that game was going to go. Dude,
0: and it's a mental thing too, because if you're constantly winning scrums like that, or losing scrums, if you're on the losing end, Every time you go to scrum, it's fucking miserable. Absolutely. Right? So if you're playing just that translates to your rucks now. Yep. That other team's not going to ruck as hard because they're fucking hurting. Or, you know, if you're in high school, (laughs) you might be a little bit nervous or scared Mm -hmm. now. because a lot larger dude is coming at you. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it just took a lot of the strategy out of the front row in general. Mm -hmm. But that all being said, like looking forward... There's more strategy that has been developed. Like you have to focus more on the head placement and shoulder movement. Mobility. And mobility. If the lower you can get. Yeah, as a group, exactly.
0: The more advantageous. Rather
1: than like just pure like force pushing into yeah. another side. So like there has been aspects that have changed in a good way, but it's just different and um not as exciting, I would yeah. say.
0: It's gone from, really, if you look at it, like a lot of, it's gone from out of control because that was, that smash was out of control. Mm. You could be inaccurate as fuck with your head. And a lot of times, shoulder. if you,
1: you engage like that, and the scrum would collapse. Yeah. And your shoulder, like, boom, your shoulder's fucked. Yeah. Like, just like that. See, as a hooker.
0: You're at the mercy of whatever the fuck
1: happens. I had as a as a prop. I had my AC joint sep- yeah. like like strain, separated, sprained, like whatever, multiple times, just from us like scrums collapsing. Yeah.
0: Dude, I always hate watching scrums collapsing. Yeah, as a back, you're like ooh, I don't know. ooh. yeah, I'm glad I'm out here. Yeah, <laughs> fucking fuck playing
1: with my hair and shit. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, dude. Well, um, but now it's gone from if you look at. Uh, Japan was a really really good scrum that I saw. Yeah. They're so fucking Dude. mobile. They can get so low see at how low level. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cuz that's yeah. where it's going to be the lower center of gravity as a whole. If you look at their 8 man, he's basically fucking like 4 or 5 inches off the ground. Yep. Their out. whole their whole pack. Yeah. And is they're like and that's cool. how you're that's how you adapt and overcome to the new rules is you gain something else. If you don't have that explosive hit to worry about anymore, now you can gain mobility and strength in new positions.
1: And I think the interesting thing is to come from, like where rugby has come from, which is like at first there was, the rules were very basic. They're very sporadic. And it was kind of like a brawl. Mm -hmm. So like you'd get a hundred guys together. There was no limits on how many people would be there. And... There was just it was just a brawl. Yeah. To now it's like this is a barbarians game played by gentlemen, mm-hmm. and soccer is a gentlemen's game played by. They call them barbarians, but they're just pussies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like oh my knee hurts. Yeah. Ow. That's just what the game catered to
0: them too, though. Right. Because the ref will be like, "Okay, we'll stop play." Right. Because this guy, you know, a foul or whatever. But back, they, who that's knows? Back in the day, too. Yeah. Baseball's the same way. Yeah, you play the fucking part, you put on a good show. The ref's gonna call a foul. It's good for your team. Yeah. But rugby, that shit doesn't happen. You gotta
1: be an actor a little bit.
0: There's not the, the rugby field is way too big for you to put on a show for the ref to be like, okay, let's stop. The referees you. don't give a
1: shit. Yeah. Like they're yeah. like, all right, what do you want me to do Especially about it? If they're
0: old school. Yeah. I think rugby in Michigan, the Midwest, is hurting for really good experienced sirs. Yeah.
1: Because um, everyone wants to play. Everyone wants to play,
0: yeah. But, man.
1: When I was in high school and even in college, we had sirs, referees, officials, whatever, like, sir, he's bleeding. Like, okay, what do you want me to do about that? Yeah. All right, play yeah, on. Play continues. Yeah, play continues. That's the way rugby is. Play mm-hmm. continues unless
0: it's, well, now they're going to stop it for any concussion. Um, they have to. For any suspected concussion, someone hits their head, play has to stop. But yeah. blood, um, depending on where blood is, play, I mean, play on. Yep. on ankle sprain, anything like that, someone's down, play on. Mm-hmm. And that's the way rugby's always been. Yeah. Since the beginning.
1: It's, it's made such an interesting transformation. And it's completely different now than it was in 1830 when they were starting to pick up the ball and be able to run forward with it. hmm and it's hard to fathom what that like what that looked like. It's like dudes in soccer jerseys, Long like socks. being like, "Fuck this! Socks, yeah. I'm gonna pick the ball up and I'm gonna run with it." Suck at kicking. And now this is what it is. Like yeah. this is what we do. Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm.
0: And it's crazy because people would think that rugby is more violent than football, All right off the bat. Like if you say. Rugby is kind of like soccer and football, mm-hmm. but without the pads. you be like, oh, that's so fucking rough because football's so rough, but now you're taking away pads. This must be more intense. And then the football with youth football is on the decline because kids, parents don't want their kids to get yeah. hurt. And rugby is exploding in America now. Right. Um, so it's interesting the perception from people that don't play rugby is that it must be so rough and so intense. But it's really not because we talked about the scrums where we've taken that. Initial big hit away, so it's safer. Yeah. And the thing with football is America has adapted it to be insanely rough. It's almost like the arena, the gladiators, Mm the modern gladiators, right? So blindside hits. Yeah. They're huge. You you never know when you're going to get hit as a wide receiver, as a quarterback. Yeah. Right? So in rugby, that is different because if you're going to get hit, you know it and you see it coming. Yeah. You can adapt to it and you can... And honestly... I've never been in a game where any hit above chess level has not been a yellow card or a stoppage of play. Mm-hmm. You know, so that shit is very well regulated. Whereas in football, that stuff is celebrated. Yeah. Right? Up until the past two years, really, um, where they've started calling penalties. But right. it's interesting because now rugby's the fastest-growing sport in America. Um, by far, it has been for a while since I think we went through high school. Yep. It's I mean, Michigan less than 40 teams when we went through. Yeah. And now it's, I don't know how many teams are in Michigan, but <laughs> there's a lot in Metro there's Detroit. There's at least
1: that, if not more. There's more.
0: Yeah. Uh, you think about Troy, um, that whole area in Metro Detroit, and then you go to Grand Rapids, has exploded. Yeah, I mean, the west side is really, Sparta yeah. and
1: uh, Grand Haven. Grandville. yep
0: yeah, it's, it's exploded. Traverse City has one of the best women, girls teams. Yep in the state. They won the national or the championship for how many years in a row. Um, but, yeah, I mean, between, so when did you, 2010, right? Yep. I, so yep. after we graduated, it's still grown by 82% from 2011 to 2016, which is when we finished college in 2015, 14, 16. Um, and that, I think, has a lot to do with it being back at the Olympics. hmm with these rugby players getting more exposure and continuing to grow the game in America because it's it's like rugby overseas is the sport. It's yeah. their
1: football. They don't have football, yeah. Right.
0: And it's exciting for them. But to us, it still feels, on a, on a massive scale, it feels, scale, feels foreign. slow and foreign.
1: Yeah, right? I think it feels foreign to most people. Yeah, Like they watch it and they're like, oh, that's rugby, like that's European. Mm-hmm. But the crazy thing is, is... Man, we've got the NFL, which there's some hyper, like, crazy athletes in the... And pretty much everyone in the NFL, like, is a hyper crazy athlete. I think of, like, Tim Tebow is a great example. Mm -hmm. Like, Tim Tebow was an insane athlete in in high school and in college. And then uh, he comes to the NFL, and it's like, what do we do with this guy? Mm -hmm. And he had a couple... Like decent years at QB with Denver, he goes to these other teams like New York and then New England, and they don't know what to do with him. Mm-hmm. Dude, put that guy at fucking inside center.
0: He'll score for you. He's gonna
1: wreck yeah. shit. Yeah, at inside center with just about any team. Yeah. I had a guy. Uh, I played with a guy. His name was Obiase. He was an um, he was a middle linebacker from U of M, mm-hmm. and I played with him in Grand Rapids. And this man was a Fucking animal. Mm -hmm. And like. He didn't have a ton of rugby experience. But he's just a. He's a beast athlete. Mm -hmm. Like. So I look at it like. We might be one of the growing. The fastest growing sports. In America. But if. 25% of these guys. That maybe don't have what it takes to go to the NFL. Go to the MLR. Mm -hmm. The major league rugby. Like. Like. There's your ticket in right there. Yeah. Like MLR becomes in, in instantly entertaining mm-hmm. because all these guys go there. And you could have, you imagine like a like two six five props mm-hmm. like That's that that are like offensive tackles that didn't make it? Right. You know what I mean? Like all that type of shit. Those aggressive guys that mm-hmm. are aggressive by nature. So the MLR needs
0: big hits, needs a lot of speed and cutting and awesome scores and insane passes. Because if it's just fundamentals, throw the passes down the line yeah. score the tries, well, this isn't exciting to Americans.
1: Yeah,
0: you need big hits. Yeah, that's what makes football exciting. Is well, football play lasts a nine seconds. That's why a sevens. Long. Yeah,
1: that's why sevens is successful, yeah. right? Because it's short periods. Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's quick. like seven minutes, seven like it's seven minute halves, mm-hmm. seven players, mm-hmm. easy. Yeah, eighty minutes is tough. Yeah, it's tough because to it's time. like forty minutes, and I got to like pay attention. Right. But imagine if you've got these like 300 three hundred pound like dudes who didn't quite cut it for left tackle in the NFL who ran four six forties, mm-hmm. and they're playing rugby. I, like me personally, like I'm six two, you know two eighty. Like nah, I'm like fuck that. <laughs> like I'm gonna try to tackle them, but like they're gonna fuck me up. Yeah, like better. honestly, they're that's yeah. what's gonna happen. They're a bigger body.
0: Exactly. That'd be, I think that is a great point to keep growing the MLRs. To get, if you had a, if you had Tim Tebow, because it was talked about, Tim Tebow should go play rugby. But he wouldn't do he it. He wasn't, yeah. he wouldn't do it. Yeah. But if they landed a big name like that, like Carl and Isles, there's so many rugby players. Harry Baker, they, Carl and Isles. go over yeah. to the NFL and get on like the practice squad and can't cut it. Mm-hmm. But if you get some of those, a big name from the NFL, Tim Tebow was <clears> a perfect <throat> example because he was such a great athlete. And he was so polarizing. That coming to the MLR would have created a lot of buzz, but then you think about these rugby players that are playing in the MLR that have put their life and dedication mm-hmm. into rugby, and now you get some fucknut from the NFL coming over and to take their spot. They probably pissed off too.
1: Look at like Nate Ebner. Uh-huh. So Nate Ebner was a special teams player on the Patriots. Yeah. So like he was a safety, like backup safety and special teams player on the Patriots. Amazing rugby player. Played at Ohio State. Was in the Olympics for the the um, the USA in 2016. Like balled out. Great rugby player. He's still in the NFL. But like that, that like, there's no motivation to like move to professional rugby in the Americas for whatever reason. But he could totally do it.
0: A lot of that has to do with financial. Exactly. The money's in the NFL. The practice squad you're right. Doing six
1: He's Right. He's still, he's on the, he's on the 50 ma- 53 man roster mm-hmm. for the Patriots that win Super Bowl rings. And, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's an active player on that roster, yeah. but he's also a gifted rugby player. Mm-hmm. Imagine if he was like, you know what? I'm going to forgo the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Rugby is what I'm going to do. Where, like, New Zealand. They have rugby. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. From like newborns, mm-hmm. they're fucking carrying sheep through the mountains and it's like big, they're Spartans. That's yeah, they're right. Sparta. <laughs> that's what they. That's what they do. That's yeah. their thing. If I would have known about rugby when I was five years old, things might have been different. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know about it until I was fifteen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And by that point, and see, even still, it's like oh well, football. Mm-hmm. Football is more important. Yeah. But man, rugby is it's so much more longer lap it's longer lasting mm-hmm. because you can play it into your 80s into your 70s your- there's a guy he just passed away he was like 98 he's still playing rugby at 98 like That's what, what cool. i would give to do that <laughs> yeah if i could think of like a perfect way to go out it would be that yeah you know what i mean get smeared on the field i don't even play care i don't care that. how good i am i don't care it doesn't matter if I can take the field and 98 years old I'm that like fucking 60 years old now. life is good 58. life is good
0: that's another good point too is that with in America with football you have the NFL you have you know indoor league and you have uh, semi pro leagues mm-hmm. which nobody knows about but the casual player that like played in high school that still wants to play football. Well, you better find a fucking flag football league or find like a group of semi pros yeah. that want to go to the park, and that just doesn't happen. Whereas mm-hmm. in rugby, there is no like it's very a broad, you know, amateur level rugby, yeah. which and is be great
1: because you get to go out, you get to play the game anytime you, you have move, fun, you get to be so like, social. I'm gonna go to Fresno, so you like you're moving around Fresno in California, mm-hmm. Fresno Rugby Club, yeah, bam.
0: Yeah, every team, every big city will have a couple
1: at least. Yeah, like there's at least right. something within like a vicinity of you mm-hmm. that you can join up if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. And they probably have a level of rugby for you. So like I can't make it to practice, here's a B team for you. Mm-hmm. Or like a uh, social side. Yeah, if you really want to play. Yeah, you want to play, here's a social side. Boom, mm-hmm. I'm there. Saturdays, I'm getting time. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if I'm playing their a side I'm playing it doesn't like it doesn't matter mm-hmm. and that's the beautiful thing about it and it's competitive yeah so not only is it like I'm an hour away I get to also play 80 minutes of rugby it might not be like competitive but it doesn't matter cuz I'm out there in fucking doing it
0: yeah it's not competitive to anybody except the players on the field yeah and what what does
1: it matter except for you yeah. you're the one playing what does it matter yeah. who cares mm-hmm. you're the one you're the one doing it yeah that's the way i look at it like who fucking cares
0: mm-hmm.
1: rugby is not at a point where like a 28 year old would look at it like man i missed my chance right yeah, yeah. you can look at it like i'm playing d3 yeah and I'm playing at a at a high level, like mm-hmm. fuck yeah.
0: It's fun still. It's still young at 28. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: that's where you're. You're like a building point of that team. Yeah, if you're committed and you're into it, like you are a building point of that team,
0: mm-hmm. no doubt. Yeah,
1: you can be 35 and still be like involved in a. You know, not maybe like a lower point of. Somewhere where they would want to build on, mm-hmm. but like if you want to lead that team, they're gonna follow it. Yeah. So, that's where I think that's where rugby's at in America. America, man. That's not like Division One, like MLR, yeah. like the and you some, know and Colorado Raptors. I and, think
0: it should stay that way, because rugby at that level is very, in a large part, deregulated. And I think it should stay that way. It's very free. You can start a club. You can play whatever teams you want. USA Rugby, bankrupt, but you know it's still very deregulated. You just sign up, you pay your dues, and you're good. And I that's think, the way it should yeah, be. Exactly. The, more, the rugby is growing, and it's great, especially for the younger kids that want to go into college and get scholarships and play for the MLR. I think that's where you should focus. Yep. But then afterwards, there is another side to that. Because once you graduate college, the MLR works out or it doesn't work out you want to keep playing rugby or not there there's, should be an avenue for those players. there's
1: always a place for d1 double a and d2 and d3 mm-hmm. and d4 like there's always yeah. a place for dudes that want to play that yeah that's how it should be yep and that's that that should never go away yeah regardless of what level what age what skill level you're at mm-hmm. that should always be there yeah and i think that going back to like Square one, like, coming back full circle, like William Webb Ellis would agree, mm-hmm. that everyone should be able to play this game. Mm-hmm. No matter how old you are, no matter how skilled you are, if you have the desire and the will, you should be able to play. If you have the balls. You pick up the ball you, and pick you run ball, with it, you should be able to play yeah. with it.
0: You get your village together. <laughs> you kill your ceremonial pig.
1: You make your ball.
0: You make your ball out out of of the bladder. bladder. You cook the pig after, and you have some beers with the other villagers, and you eat Mm -hmm. the meat.
1: Yep. Your ales. You
0: sing your singing songs. (laughs) And that's the way it should be.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. We
0: should wrap it up there. I agree. Until next week on the Rugby Warrior Podcast, this has been Jared and Corey with the Naked History of Rugby. Yes, we are naked. Thank you guys so much for tuning into today's episode of the Rugby Warrior Podcast. That was the Naked History of Rugby, and we hope you enjoyed it. We hope it found you well, and we hope you found it fulfilling in everything that you would ever want out of a rugby podcast episode. Had a little bit of everything did in it. If you agree, go ahead, subscribe to us on iTunes. You can find us on Instagram at Rugby Warrior Podcast, as stated in the intro of this episode. And if you're still listening right now, man, hats off to you. You are really, really a stand up human being. So you should Go message us and let us know what you loved about this entire episode because obviously you loved it. You're still fucking listening. There's nothing left to say. The episode is over. I'm doing a Ferris Bueller, okay? Go home. Get out of here. Put out a new episode of the Rugby Warrior Podcast. Put on something else, okay? We love you guys. We hope you're well. And as always, discover the warrior within.